Welcome to the Property Deal Finance Podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to raise the money needed for property development and investment. Whether you're looking to buy properties at auction, convert commercial properties into flats, or buy land to develop or anything in between, this podcast will teach you how to raise the finance you need to achieve your property goals. Join our host, Matthew Wiseman, director at The Money Hub, as he shares expert information covering bridging finance, buy-to-let mortgages, and development finance. Plus, he'll be joined by experienced industry professionals sharing their knowledge. So, whether you're an experienced property developer or someone just starting out, this show is your roadmap to help you make money from property. Hello there. So today we were talking about uh, bridging loans. Um, just got a bit, a bit more detail on this. And specifically, I'll be sort of covering off uh, common questions uh, that I have from clients, really. So uh, I've listed them all out and we can sort of go through those and hopefully you'll sort of find that helpful. So let's just sort of get stuck into this. Um, bridging, bridging loans, obviously, as a business, you know, we're a broker. Uh, you know, our job as a broker is to, you know, understand what the client's looking for uh, and search the market and, and find them a solution for it. Uh, you know, so we're a broker, we're not a lender. And so we're here to find the most suitable deal for yourselves. Um, how does it all work? And common question. So the most common one I get is, you know, how much can we borrow? So this depends upon many factors. So, for example, you've got the property value. Um, depending upon the property value, you know, some lenders do have minimum property values that they'd be looking at. Um, you've also got to consider the amount of deposit that the clients will be putting down, as well as the uh, the amount of equity that's in the property if you're if you're refinancing. Um, the experience as well of the person applying for this. So as much as we've got lenders that will accept first time buyers, uh, as well as uh, experienced landlords. You know, that will play a part in relation to how much you can borrow. Um, also around the property type. So if it's residential, you know, a house, for example, or wherever it's commercial, like an office block, uh, again, that will have an impact. And the overall project itself, you know, what sort of work is involved? Is it a light or a heavy refurbishment? So if it's light refurbishment, that will be a new sort of kitchen or bathroom, for example, being installed. Whereas if you're looking at heavy refurbishment, this could be, you know, rear side extensions. This could be converting from a house into a HMO, uh, for, for example, a lot more sort of structural changes in that scenario. Um, but to give you a very idea of what sort of appetite lenders have and what sort of loan sizes they're able to lend on projects, you know, some lenders can uh, lend as low as £50,000 uh, up to the top end of about sort of 25 million. So quite a range there, really. Um, what sort of deposit is needed? So if we look at a purchase, for example, uh, typically the deposit um, I see on the transaction is around 30 to 35% is the deposit that's needed. So this is typically where um, the monthly payments are rolled into the loan. So the actual borrower doesn't make the monthly payments, they're actually added into the loan. So in any situation, uh, you're looking at a 30 to 35% deposit. Um, if you did want to be able and you're in a position where you can afford the monthly payments uh, and therefore you pay them as you go every month, uh, in that situation, because the debt won't be increasing, you could possibly borrow up to 75% of the property value. Uh, so therefore be a 25% sort of deposit you're looking at. Um, but it's also definitely worth noting that if you've got additional security, um, we can use them in the deal itself. And by cross-charging, you could borrow more money. 
So let's sort of dive into that because I know that's the next slide. You know, what is cross-charging? So let's sort of give you an example. <laughs> let's say you're you're buying a property and on the purchase, you're, you're looking to, uh, sorry, the property you're looking to buy, you've got a deposit of sort of 30% you're putting down. However, you've also got a buy-to-let property in the background. Let's say that's worth, say, 400000 and there's no mortgage on that. The lender could put a charge on that buy-to-let property as well. So collectively, you could actually borrow 100% of the purchase price by using the security, the one you're buying, and also putting a cross-charge on the property that you already own. So that can really sort of maximize the borrowing uh, that you're looking to achieve. Uh, maximum sort of loan to value. Uh, I sort of touched upon that already. You know, you're looking at sort of 75% of the property value. Um, but obviously, if you want the payments rolled into the loan, day one, you actually get less than that. You actually get about 65%, for example, day one, because the payments are rolled into the loan up to 75% of the purchase price, for example. So there is obviously a few sort of variables to be aware of in that situation. Uh, but another little point here is, um, you know, if, for example, you're buying a property and you're doing a bit of refurbishment work, et cetera, to it, and the numbers work really well, um, the lender will possibly give you an extra 10%, um, which is towards the refurbishment costs, um, and they would release that on the day of completion. So, you know, overall, you could then be looking at 85% overall in that situation, really, 75% of the property value, and an extra 10% towards the refurbishment costs. Um, so we move on now to what are the typical rates for bridging finance? This depends upon many factors, you know, property type, the project itself, the all the works and that that are involved, the client's experience, uh, how much you're borrowing, deposit equity, um, and obviously a credit profile will be, um, you know, be important as well. But to give you a real indication, you know, as of sort of February, if I look at the sort of deals that I'm quoting on, uh, rates tend to be between the 0.7% per month to 1% per month. But obviously, this is subject to so change and obviously dependent upon your circumstances. Uh, and as always, you know, if you're if you're borrowing money, if you don't stick to the terms of the agreement, then obviously the property could well be at risk. All right. Uh, so associated fees. These are the most common fees that we kind of see. So you've got the lender arrangement fee. Now, this is typically around the 2% mark. Uh, you've also got lender legal fees so in most cases you'll be responsible for these you've also got to pay for your own legal fees as well uh, you've got valuation fees to be paid so that'll be paid up front um, you've also got application and any broker fees as well so they could be paid some up front some on completion so you want to get clarification of that uh, some lenders in the market uh, may charge an early redemption fee so when you actually go to pay off the bridging loan, which is the exit fee, for example, also known, there may be a fee for that with some lenders. And there will probably be like a redemption admin fee as well by the lender, typically 100 to 200 pound. So these are the common sort of fees um, that you will be charged. And obviously the price upon these very much, again, depends upon the project, uh, the location, et cetera. So we would typically sort of, when we get give the client a quote, we normally do give them an indication of what these fees are based upon their sort of project. All right. Um, can I repay a bridging loan early? So most of the lenders that we work with um, don't charge any early redemption fee. So, you know, let's say, for example, you take out a bridging loan for a period of 12 months. 
but you choose to redeem the loan after seven months, then you can. You can pay it off after seven months. There's no early redemption fee for paying it off after seven months. Um, and if you only have the bridging loan for seven months, then you're only charged interest for the seven months in which you borrowed the money for. Um, but obviously, there will be like a lender uh, redemption fee, uh, admin fee, I should say. About £100, £200 is what's typically sort of charged, um, really. Now, one of the things I would sort of say is, you know, typically when we're speaking to a client, when it comes to how long to have the bridging loan for, um, you know, you're better off certainly having a longer term with the ability to redeem it early. Uh, rather than have a, a shorter term, which you may, may then run into trouble and you have to then go to the lender for an extension, possibly. So uh, we'll come to that, I think, in a bit more detail in a, in a, further, in a further slide. Um, so here we go. What happens if I cannot sell or refinance in time? Firstly, I would always say, you know, being communication with your lender, with your broker, so everyone's fully aware of the situation. Um, in my experience, you know, the lender's been generally pretty flexible, um, allowed clients a variety of options. Uh, one being, you know, they've simply allowed the client to extend the bridging loan further, uh, but providing they can see that the client is proactively trying to get out of the bridging loan. So, for example, uh, maybe the client has, has got a remortgage application in where they're going to pay off the bridging finance with a, a buy-to-let mortgage, for example. Um, or they can actively see the property is being marketed um, and maybe the price has just been reduced, again, to encourage and find a buyer. So, again, I've seen lenders be quite flexible. Um, I've seen lenders extend the term. I've also seen in some cases where uh, the term has been extended and the client has actually agreed to make the monthly payments uh, on the bridging loan uh, to stop the debt increasing further. Again, I've, I've seen that as well. Um, but what I would always sort of say is, is you know, be on the be proactive on this side, speak to the lender early. Um, and I would always sort of say again, you know, take a long term on the bridging loan, 12 months and redeem it earlier rather than taking a shorter term, which could be a challenge to reach uh, and then have to ask for an extension. Because if you do get an extension approved, um, lenders will charge administration fees uh, to do so, et cetera. So you want to sort of be aware of that, really. Um, how quickly can a bridging loan be arranged? So, you know, one of the main plus points with bridging loans is the speed at which they can be arranged. Um, you know, our typical goal is to get a completion within a month. Um, we've certainly been a lot quicker than that. Um, but the key here is to have all the parties involved being really proactive. So that's your you know, your broker, uh, the lender, uh, the valuer, you know, can you get a value in there really quickly and get the report back? And, you know, your solicitor and the lender solicitor are really working well together, being proactive. Um, it really is a sort of a team effort to get these cases over the line in a, in a quick sort of deadline, which is, you know, which bridging finance facilitates, especially around sort of auction purchases where maybe you've got 28 days to complete on the deal. So you need everyone really being proactive, really working well together uh, to achieve that. Um, so just, um, I've covered this off on sort of previous uh, videos that I've done. Um, you know, what does rolled up or serviced mean regarding the monthly payments? So interest rolled up, um, this is where the monthly payment is rolled up and added into the loan that you initially borrowed. So then on redemption, you would then pay back to the lender all the money you borrowed, plus all the fees, plus all the monthly payments that have been rolled up into the debt. 
So that is what we most commonly see when it comes to these type of transactions. You can um, take the bridging loan on the basis that you're going to service the monthly payments. So you'll pay the interest that's due every month. Um, now, on that type of situation, you know, it would then be subject to a full income and expenditure assessment to make sure this type of setup is actually affordable to yourself. But as I mentioned, most commonly we see it where property developers want the monthly payments rolled into the, the loan itself and they clear it all on redemption. How much can you borrow for refurbishment costs? Um, so for the right project with the right numbers, you could possibly borrow 100% of the refurbishment costs. And now this is paid in stages and paid in arrears. So let's just say, for example, you want to buy a property um, and then you need um, all the money for the refurbishment, etc. A lender would you know, give you, let's say, for example, they'll give you, you know, 70% net day one to allow you to buy the property. Um, you then put in 30% deposit. Uh, then when it comes to refurbishment costs, you know, you pay for the first stage of that. Then once that's been uh, completed uh, and checked by the lender, um, then obviously they can then reimburse you what you've paid out for the refurbishment and then you can then go again. So that's typically an idea of, of how it is um, sort of worked and it can come really handy, uh, obviously from a, a cash flow point of view. Um, how do valuations work with bridging finance? So we will typically reach out to a panel of valuers. This is sort of four or five different valuers um, that your lender will accept. And we provide them with the property address, the purchase price or the current valuation, overall project details, uh, the lender name. And we ask the valuer to give, me a, give us a quotation for how much they'll charge for the valuation, um, their availability dates as well, how quickly they can get in and actually do the valuation. And, you know, how quickly they can get a report back to us. Because obviously that's important if you've got a deadline um, that you need to, to meet with. Um, so based upon the feedback that we get, then obviously we discuss that with the client. And obviously we would then go ahead with the most suitable valuer um, to get the, get the valuation carried out. Um, so in most cases, you know, a full valuation would be needed. If you have a situation where you're raising money on a property that you already own, and let's say you've got a buy-to-let property where there's lots of equity, et cetera, in, uh, it may well be that you want to raise some money on that quickly. Um, there could be the possibility that you could actually have an online valuation done in that situation, which obviously would be a lot cheaper and a lot quicker. Um, but say that's just an idea to let you know really what another type of valuation that is possible in certain situations. Can I use bridging finance on any property? So, uh, the great thing about bridging on lenders is they're really flexible on all different types of properties and certainly the conditions that they're in. So, for example, you know, uninhabitable properties. So properties that have got, let's say, for example, no kitchen, no bathroom, real poor, poor condition. You know, bridging lenders are, are happy to lend on these type of properties where obviously a standard mortgage um, you know, would not simply not be possible. Um, you know, properties of non-standard construction, such as like timber framed and concrete uh, builds, you know, they're okay with that. You might have high rise flats and um, flats with short leases left on them, you know, such as 30 years left on the lease. Um, it could be, let's say another example of a house split into multiple flats. Um, it could be a semi-commercial property. So you might have a retail shop with a flat above. Uh, even just a, a straightforward sort of commercial property, like a, 
a warehouse or a, an office building uh, and land. You know, if you were to purchase some land um, with or without planning permission, uh, we could find a, a bridging loan for yourself, really. Um, so they're very flexible on sort of different types of security, um, which is great because every sort of property is different, really. Um, is bridging finance for homeowners only? So the answer is no. You know, you can be a non-homeowner uh, or even a first-time buyer uh, with some lenders. Now, each lender has its own criteria and some want experience. Some are happy and more flexible um, with people without experience. And obviously, you'll be charged a higher rate uh, accordingly, really. Who offers bridging loans? So these are these type of products are typically offered by specialist lenders, uh, and they're mainly accessible through finance brokers uh, such as ourselves. Um, there's lots of lenders out there. They've all got different criteria, you know, minimum loan sizes, maximum loan sizes, their type of clients that they want to work with, et cetera, the type of properties they will allow on their product range, et cetera. Um, and obviously, this is where people use brokers for us to understand the project, understand your goals, and us to go and find a lender uh, that can help you achieve those goals. Um, so I've gone through quite a lot of, obviously, typical sort of common questions there that we have from clients. Hopefully that's been helpful. And if I can help with anything, please get in touch. Thank you. If you'd like more information or have a property deal that you'd like to discuss your finance options for, head over to our website, themoneyhub.co.uk, where you can submit an inquiry form and schedule a callback. For further expert knowledge, make sure you subscribe to stay updated with every new episode.